You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Hello and welcome back. And sticking with the theme of uh, important money questions and I guess uh, behavior around uh, you know, our relationship with money. We are now speaking to Tim Rogers, who is a wealth manager at GCI Wealth. Good evening, Tim. Thank you for joining us. Good evening, Petri. Thanks for having me. Firstly, I want to just, um, I guess, pass a message. I think we were supposed to speak to Glenda Westhazen, who um, has fallen ill. I hope she's okay. Yes, thank you. I'll, I'll make sure we pass on, on your regard. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So um, tonight we're going to be talking about some of the most common questions that I guess you guys or or wealth managers, financial advisors uh, get asked. And I mean, you'd think that these are, I I guess, I mean, I've been in the industry for a few years, so these seem very basic to me, but um, these are some of the most common questions and some good ones. So I'm just going to, I think let's just do that. I'm just going to ask you the questions and then you give me the answers if that's okay. Okay, that's that's great. All right, so uh, obviously these questions were compiled by you. You did an opinion piece uh, that was published uh, around this, so that's kind of where I'm pulling these from. So, question well, that that was Glenda. So I'll I'll um, steal some information from her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So the f- the first one is how do recent tax changes relating to retirement savings affect me? Um. I think media might have, uh, some people, there's been a lot of fear and that sort of thing created and and media might have helped along those lines. But but in general, the the recent tax changes don't don't really impact a huge amount. Uh, It it really affects um, provident fund holders. Um, So the the main change there is they're sort of aligning your provident funds with pensions and retirement and URTs. And we've got to remember that that those things are put in place to save up to provide an income for us in retirement. And Mm. really what these changes are trying to do is is prevent people from taking their whole um, retirement savings and, and, you know, buying a boat and buying a boat. Exactly. Um, Forcing really um, forcing us to, to make sure that we're providing for our income into our latter years. Right. Okay. And then, um, can I cancel or put my RA on hold and resume paying it later? This is a common question, that, actually. That is common, and, and it's not an easy answer, unfortunately. Um, you really have two different types of retirement annuities. You have your old, older sort of contractual basis where, where you're actually entering a contract with the life provider. Uh, and then you have the much newer ones, which you'd call it a, a linked investment. And it's... it's um, then more similar to a unit trust fund. Um, both are, both types fall under the, the Pension Fund Act and then they really govern it. But um, in your older style ones, you, there might be penalties if, if you want to stop your premiums. Um, then there might be allowances to stop it for two or three months just depending on the company. Um, so often people might make this paid up. Um, and, and then you can't restart it in, in a lot of cases. With your newer ones, you are you can stop and start and increase and decrease your premiums as in as in when you need to. I, I guess that's the difference between these sort of. I mean, I think the, the older ones are the defined benefit type t- uh, contribution schemes or whatever, where you have a defined benefit and you know you are contractually obligated to contribute to this thing a certain amount every month over how many years. Well, well, no, it, it's, it came after your defined benefits and, and that sort of thing, but it was um, 
you would you would sort of enter a contract with the life company saying, okay, I'm going to contribute 500 rand a month into your fund for the until I turn 60 or 55 or whatever the age is. And if you deviated from that contract, or if you do deviate from that, then then there might be penalties. Um, just just depending on it. Um, they are still used, um, often with smaller premium, um, to just give clients access to the, the tax benefit. Um, but in, in general, you would use your, your newer sort of linked retirement annuities. So often someone might stop their contribution to one of those old ones and maybe even take the knock and, and move it into a newer style type retirement annuity where fees are disclosed a lot better and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. All right. I've got a few more questions there, but I'm going to stick to stick to the, the scope here. Um, probably one of the most popular questions these days is, should I buy Bitcoin? So if you're asking that question, then the answer is probably no. Um, <laughs> you know, if, you, if, you, um, if you're saying, should I buy cryptocurrencies? Is it an, an asset class? Is it something that we should be considering then? Well, m- maybe it's a little bit more likely that it's something you, you might want to venture into. Um, a problem at the moment, it's not regulated um, in, uh, here, especially with the FSB. So us as financial planners can't actually give you advice on it right now and we also can't build it into um, investment products at, at the moment um, you know but that will change over time I don't think it's something that's going to go away um, mm-hmm. but if it is something you're wanting to invest in make sure you understand it make sure you know you understand all the coins well, what are what is cryptocurrency um, how does it work uh, what is blockchain uh, what does it have to do with Bitcoin and, I, and that sort of thing? Yeah, I guess like treat it like it's a normal share, right? If you want to buy Sasol shares, you better understand, understand you know, how the business the works, right? So yes, it's yes, the same with, with yes, cryptos. Yes. Yeah. I would say so, yes. So is there space in it? I think one, one risk is I find, um, you know, I've had some clients um, in, in their very far into retirement that are, are very conservative and suddenly they're wanting to buy... Um, Bitcoin, um, mm. you know, then, then you've got to keep things um, within your, your risk tolerance, your, your risk profile. So if you're someone who's only investing in money market, um, then venturing into cryptocurrency is definitely a step too far. So I'm going to sort of skip a few ahead here and say, okay, so the question is, I'm almost 40 and I haven't planned for retirement yet. What am I to do? Am I too late? And I think if I can just chime in an opinion here, um, what a lot of people do is when they're young and they start to earn a bit of money, and I mean, young, I'm talking under 35, right? Um, or even under 40, they start to earn a bit of money and they're very sort of, you know, in stash it under the mattress mode. And then as they get older and closer to retirement, they go, wow, I haven't taken enough risk. I don't have enough money. I need to take risk now in order to make up for lost ground, which is the exact opposite way of how they should be doing it, right? Um, I mean, if you find yourself in that situation, what do you do? Well, I'd say it's never too late. So it, it does get harder the, the longer you wait, but, but make sure you start getting a plan and knowing, knowing what you're actually saving for and, and how much you, you need to save to, to maintain your sort of lifestyle. If we're talking about retirement, it's really all about being able to maintain your lifestyle after you stop earning a fixed income. So um, 
getting a plan in place is, is really the, the, the best way. Um, and it's not going to always be easy. Mm. Um, I've had clients where I've, I've sort of left the meeting in tears and thought I'm never going to hear from them again. Um, and, and they've taken the choice to make very difficult decisions and um, change their, their financial future. It's all about um, you know, really buying into your own plan and, and knowing how your plan works and, and what you're trying to achieve. And sometimes it means you have to make short-term sacrifices and give Definitely. up luxuries in order to, to prepare for the future, right? All right, Definitely. we're going we're to push a little bit over time. I'm going to be okay. in trouble, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, because I think it's a relatively important question. Um, both my parents have recently passed away without a will. What happens now? Yeah, um, I'm actually dealing with someone at the moment in a similar situation. And, um, you know, we all have the opportunity to make a, a will and decide how our assets are going to be distributed. But, but if we haven't done that, then, then um, the, the law steps in and, and there's a predetermined way that, that your assets are going to be divided to your family. So if it's both parents, um, then it would be divided among the children. Um, it's called intestate succession. Okay. And this is handled, I mean, how do you go about, because usually there's an executor and all that kind of stuff, if, yeah. if that's so not the case. It's going to depend on, on the size of the estate. So if, if it's a small, uh, you know, a smaller estate under under um, 500,000 or so, more than likely one of the children would, would choose to be the, the executor and the master would, would appoint them as the executor to distribute the assets. Um, but as it starts getting a bit bigger, then, then the master might insist that um, you, you appoint uh, an expert, so a lawyer or, or someone like that that has the expertise to, to outwork um, the laws to actually on, on how it's going to be divided. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, but Tim, thank you for, uh, for helping us out in the last minute. I hope that Glenda gets well. Uh, and thank, thank you very much for your insights. I think um, you know, some of these things are relatively important for us to, uh, to talk about. Some of them are always comfortable. You know, um, I am not necessarily ready for retirement, for example. is not an easy topic to have, but I guess that's the value of a good financial advisor. So thank you very much for your, for your time this evening. Thanks so much. All the best. All right. Thank you. That was Tim Rogers, who is a wealth manager at GCI Wealth.